Let me tell you what you are unlikely to care about or understand and that because you do not understand it you have little reason to care about. That thing is time. We all know that for us time is limited and yet, it seems impossible for time to have boundaries. We talk about time starting but the language implies at some point in time, time began which makes no sense. It is not that we cannot imagine things beginning but things begin from within time and a specific moment in time. We all know that our personal time is going to run out but in the meantime our time is one of the few things that we can claim to be solely and completely ours. Not that we do not commit it to others. We commit to spending a certain span of time at work and there are things we must do for others that consume time. We talk then about having time for ourselves. We say there are not enough hours in a day and sometimes we even opine about the time we have wasted on certain people, projects, or concerns. Time passes and that is all that most people know about time. Time is measured by clocks and the passage of days. But mostly it is a background even that helps give structure to our routines. We eat at certain times and sleep at others. We know what time to go to work and what time to take a break. The passage of time tells us if it is time to call our mothers or get our licenses renewed. Our time is made up of periods and cycles of time. Scientists call them circadian rhythms. These are the inherent rhythms of life. All creatures abide by them. There is a periodicity to life. Women have their cycle but there are other biorhythms we are subjected to. But when it comes down to it, time is just something we spend that we have no idea of how much we have remaining. People are cut down like wheat, often when they and those who know them least expect it. We plan for our lives, and we often consider many others as we plan out our time, not knowing someone who we do not know and will never know will make all our planning of no avail. How many people are killed in the prime of their life? They may have done everything right. They may have kept their insurance payments up to date. They might not smoke or drink or engage in risky acts, but someone who they never knew and never counted on is planning on bringing it all to an end. We may be going faithfully to work without every being late, but it will not matter much if the employer is gambling away the capital of the business. We have time but we never know how much of it we have. We can freely make use of our time, but we never know how much difference it will make. The profligate may live a century and the child die. We do not know and there is no way of knowing. How it must hurt to bring up a child right only to have them snatched away in the blink of an eye. What hurts is there is no going back. The daily safe routine done a thousand times before becomes a deadly moment in space and time. But there is no going back to change, just once, the moment in time and space when disaster strikes. It might only have taken a few second variance and the event would have passed undone. We control time because we control what we do in time, but we cannot control time because we cannot control the outcome of what we do. This is the paradox of time. We control every second of it, but we control not one moment of the future. This is where time comes from which begs the question what is future time? Time can be likened to gelatin that needs something added to it to become suitable to eat. 
Is time set? Are future events manifested by being seen the way spatial events are? By why is our vision of events synchronized in time when our spatial observations are not? That being said, a tree is seen whenever we look at the coordinates that mark its location. Everyone who goes to that place also see the same tree we do. So is it that when we get to a point in time where a particular event happens, we see that event? There being no reference point to calibrate the passage of time, there is no way to determine that when we get to a particular point on the temporal continuum, everyone else that experiences that event at that time, is there at that same point in time and space at the same time we are. Yet, we are all there at the same time according to our frame of reference. But that is the point, the only frame of reference we have for time is our own. There is no way to know if my friend and I are both sitting drinking our coffee at the same temporal moment if we were observed by a figure not constrained by time or making observations within a particular temporal reference point. But perhaps these kinds of issues occur because we look at time as a kind of physical feature or a component of a physical universe. What if we adopted a totally different framework? What if time was nothing more than a bookkeeping device? Like zero time was created to make bookkeeping easier. In this frame of reference every second of every day is important in the way every square foot of a department store is important. What if a sector of the store did badly compared to the rest of the store? Would not the owner look to see what was being sold there? What if every second of every day is evaluated for what it contributes to your final tally? It is not that difficult to imagine. What we do is either positive or negative. If we are working and helping others we are producing positive results. The percent of our time given over to this and the intensity at which we do this each moment in time will lead to a higher score the more time allotted to positive pursuits. What if the book of life was a graph in which each second of our life was a point of the graph? What if the value of that moment determined the point at which the graph line was placed? It would not matter how long or short one lived, the graph would show an upward or downward trend. What if this graph determined your entry into heaven? But we are saved by faith, not by works. However, we might wish to inquire what factors contribute to the trends on the graph. First of all let's speculate that Tom hates people, he fears them, his desire is to be a hermit and get as far away from others as possible. The question is if Tom would invest time in others, or not. Tom would not. If Bill came to Tom with an offer Tom would more than likely turn it down. Tom would instinctively distrust Bill. Therefore, Tom would not create anything of value for a community he feared and destructed. But he would also be severely constrained at what he could do for himself. The individual is not very productive working in isolation. Tom might have to forage in garbage and even beg overtly or covertly to maintain his hermit lifestyle. However, since he produces very little but survives to some extent as a parasite on society, the trend on his graph could easily show a downward trend. Those who helped him might be supposed to show an improvement in value, but would helping a free rider to free ride contribute to the commonwealth? This is a problem because we are taught to be charitable 
but is taking food from children to feed hungry men who will not work truly what is meant by charity. If we starved a child to feed a beggar we could see the problem, but for some reason apart from these kinds of stark contrasts, we rarely see our charity as being part of an exploiter's modus operandi. But what if we were feeding men in a boat that would not row? What if we were sharing our water with men trapped in a desert who would not share their water with a child? When surrounded by wealth it is difficult to see the value or harm of our actions, but that we cannot see the value or harm in what we do, does not mean the value of what we do or do not do, does not push the trend line up or down. Perhaps if we could understand that every second of every day was as important spiritually as every square foot of space in a department store, we would look at time differently. It matters what we do each and every second. What we do adds value to what we have already done and by extension, adds value to the civilization we are in, or alternatively, does not. If we are not adding value our actions are depriving our community of value. As good as we many think charity is, transferring wealth to freeloaders is not positive it is not even neutral, which is obvious if we consider things from a rational perspective. If you had five draft animals and one would not pull the plow, but you continued to feed the lame beast, over time this would impact the forage that was available to the working teams. Over time they would become less able to work and less able to till the soil to provide foliage for themselves and crops for their owner. One never just shares the wealth, one always deprives the constructive sector things that could make it even more productive. It is one thing to provide a worker with a hammer, it is another to provide a free rider with beer.